Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lawyers in the Making podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nate Crespo, and today we have another spectacular guest. She's a graduate of the St. John's University School of Law and works as an associate attorney at Willens, Goldman, and Spitzer. She has held past positions as a judicial law clerk at the New Jersey courts and at St. John's Law School won the Miss JD Fellow Award. Extremely excited to have her on the podcast today. Mrs. Jessica Pinales Coombs, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing today? Hi, Nate. Good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing fantastic myself. Now, Jessica, before we begin, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name, as Nate mentioned, is Jessica Pinales Coombs. I was born in the Dominican Republic. And I moved to the States when I was around five, six years old. I grew up in New York between Brooklyn and Queens. Uh, for undergrad, I went to SUNY Albany for four years. And while at SUNY Albany, I was actually an EOP student, which is the Educational Opportunity Program, an amazing program that gave me the ability to go away since my parents really couldn't afford college at the time. And um, at SUNY Albany, I majored in criminal justice, and I also majored in business administration, so I was a dual major. Eventually, I dropped business administration to my minor, um, just because I thought it was getting too much in terms of the classes that I was taking, and to graduate on time, I just needed to drop one of the majors. So then after undergrad, I decided to work full time before committing to law school. So I worked for five years in banking. Then I decided it was time for me to go after my dream of becoming a lawyer. So I enrolled in law school part time, did that while working full time, decided it was too much doing both working full-time and law school. So eventually I left my job and I enrolled as a full-time law student. And here I am today, finally, <laughs> after many years of school, I am currently living the dream. Um, I'm an attorney and I am a mother of two beautiful girls and I am married to my amazing husband, Andrew Coombs. Well, I am very happy to hear that you're living out your dreams. Yes. I, it, it's amazing to hear that. It's amazing to hear and to speak to someone who loves their life, just as maybe I do. Um, <laughs> but going all the way back, first of all, you Albany, shout out them. I'm a current you Albany student. I love you all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you actually were a part, you were part of Phi Alpha Delta. Yes, which I was, which I am right now, and the current secretary. Cool. So shout nice. out to them. Yes. Um, I also saw you played intramural soccer. I wrote that down because I love playing soccer. I just had to say, yes. so I had to shout you out for oh, that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, but you obviously you graduated. I wouldn't. I don't want to say all the way back, but 2011. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I always find it interesting when researching for people that I'm planning to bring on to the podcast is that I really do see how there is no straight path. Um, and I was surprised to see the the gap between you going to UAlbany and then eventually going to St. John's. So can you kind of talk about 
uh, why you decided to work for those five years and wait until uh, five years later to go to law school. Can you describe what went into that decision? Yeah. So at first I wasn't sure if law school was the right path for me. And I thought it was a huge, I mean, it is a huge investment. Um, so I was kind of in between a law degree and my MBA. Um, I love business. My father's a business owner. Um, and I always envision myself as being like a business executive person, but then I also enjoy the law and I really enjoy one of the business law classes that I took in SUNY Albany. It was one of my favorite classes. So when I took that class, I never, I learned about the possibility of becoming like a business attorney because that concept was never a familiar concept for me. I always thought of law more in the criminal justice system or in immigration type of um, law. So, but I still wasn't sure. So I figured, let me test the waters, apply to different jobs while I was a senior in college. And it just so happened that I landed an amazing opportunity working for Bank of America through a leadership development program. And it's a, it was a very competitive program. They only selected 50 students, um, seniors from around the country. And because I got an invite to the program, I decided to take a shot at that. And I said to myself, I'll do it for one or two years and see how it goes. And while I do that, maybe study for the LSATs. So I did that for the first two years and I really enjoy working for the bank. So I was working for Bank of America in the branches as an assistant manager. I really enjoyed it. And, and quite frankly, once you start working, it's just hard to find the time to study for the LSAT. And I felt like I just kept pushing uh, studying for the LSAT, then I found found myself four years later still working and not taking the time to study for the LSAT. So then I said to myself, okay, this is great. I'm working. I'm making really good income. Um, I was living by myself at the time, but then I said to myself, you know, I still don't feel fulfilled. And I feel, I didn't feel that way because I always had this dream of becoming an attorney. And working at the bank, I learned of the possibility of becoming a banking attorney. So then because I had a game plan of going to law school, become an attorney in the banking financial services world. So I really buckled down and I signed up for a couple of LSAT classes, um, really dedicated the time to do that. Took the LSAT two times. I wasn't really happy with my scores. So that's why it took an additional year because I wasn't sure if my scores um, were good enough to get me into a good law school. But then I decided just to take the shot and apply to different law school, but do it, apply only to part-time programs. So I only applied to St. John's, Brooklyn Law, and Rutgers, which are the three law schools around my the metropolitan New York area, which would have allowed me to go to law school and also work full-time. So I did that, and I got into most of the programs and chose St. John's. Yeah, so I I think there's a couple things there that's very interesting. I I I feel I'm getting a feeling that you're a very passionate person about your work. Um, yeah, you were probably an extremely extremely well-rounded employee at Bank of America. Assuming the fact, I mean, you stayed there for five years. You must have been a, a great help around there. Um, yeah. and I think it's important for people to know 
kind of how you personally felt as a sort of uh, working at Bank of America and, you know, wanting to achieve the dream that you had and then going out and really doing it. I find it very inspiring. I think one of a big, a big thing in life is taking risks. And I think you certainly took a risk there um because like you said you had very good income and you know i i find i find it very nice to hear that from another person um you know to be like you have those dreams set then go yeah. get them. um and especially with studying with the lsat i actually took the lsat i've taken it once already i did not do yeah. well um yeah. but it's all right i have a lot more time to take it again yeah. um yeah. now kind of talking about law school in St. John's in general, were there anything specifically that kind of drew you to St. John's to be like, this is the school I want to go to? Yeah, so uh, particularly it was their evening program and the fact that the school St. John's is located in Queens. And at the time I was living in Queens. So those two were my top, my top priority was it had to be convenient. I had to get to work on time and then to, to my classes and being able to drive and, and the parking situation at St. John's was very convenient. So I know it sounds like very superficial, um, but it's, it was like very priority to me because my job was very important and also getting to school on time and doing well. But what really, um, drove me to accept their um, invite was visiting the, the school. So when I visited, I got to meet the admission advisor. She gave me a tour around the school and I just felt super comfortable with her. Um, I, I really loved how small the building is. They have one building, everything is under that. The law school is under that one building. And it just felt like home. It felt very homey, convenient. It, it felt right. I also went to tour Brooklyn Law School. I didn't get a chance to tour Rutgers, but but PK, I had to decide between Brooklyn or St. John's. I just felt like St. John's, it felt right to be there. So just the feeling and also the convenience that they offer of the parking, um, it was close enough to my job. So... Yeah, those those small little things are almost always as important as the kind of big over overlying things. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of talk about finally getting to law school. Now you were part time your first year, so I I don't really can you kind of describe how that would work? Yeah. I know the first year is yeah. very scary, but yeah, yeah, it was very it was very difficult. I have to say. It's very difficult working a full-time job because my hours were Monday through Friday, uh, I want to say 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And then my classes were at 5.30. So from 5.30 to 8.30, I had to be at the law school Monday through Friday. Um, so it was very challenging, because, especially for me, because when I was a student at SUNY Albany, I did the student work program, but it wasn't really like working a full-time job or anything. It was very relaxed. So I wasn't really used to working and going to school. Um, and so that was very hard. My grades did suffer tremendously my first semester. I didn't do great. 
because it was just hard managing both and also being out of school for five years and getting back into the habit of studying and managing my time and taking exams. So I did a lot better my second semester, but law school, the first grades, the first year grades in law school really counts. So I think that that one semester really hindered my ability to do well for the remainder of the semester. And and I would I want to say that's the reason why I decided to quit my job because I said to myself, if law school, if I want to be a lawyer, then I really need to devote my 100% attention to law school. I, I appreciate the raw honesty there. Um, and I think what's, what was most important there is is the fact of quitting your job, making the sort of sacrifice in order to reach your dreams. Can you just kind of describe the, the what went into making those sacrifices and and, and even in terms with your job like what went into yeah. like okay I have to make this decision yeah so I was like I mentioned before I lived on my own um I wasn't living I I think I moved out of my parents house maybe two years after college so I was living on my own. I had bills. I had to pay my rent. I had a very beautiful luxury vehicle that I was driving around. I had the car note. Um, I had I traveled a lot with friends. I had a lot of things going on for myself that a single 20, what I was like 24 year old, 25 at the time had going on. So I had to sacrifice all of that. I had to give up my apartment. Um, I moved in with my mom. I moved in. She luckily she lived in Queens. So I was living with her in Queens. So it was easy access to get to the law school. I kept my car because I needed a car, <laughs> especially where I lived in Queens. Um, but then I had to give up the vacation with friends now because now my focus is 100% law school. So if you will learn from law students that first year, even the second year is very challenging. You can't really just get up and and take a trip with the with your friends. So I had to give up a lot of that. I want I don't want to say luxury life, but a lot of the convenience that I had of being single and 25 year old for law school. And that was I feel like that was the biggest sacrifice I had to make. Well that's that's good to hear from from my end. Um you know I think especially now I have the luxury of not having to make so many sacrifices in my life. Um, but I think obviously once I get to law school, it's a totally different game. I know nothing about it. I will one day find out. Um, but let's sort of switch gears here. Let's kind of talk about the sort of, uh, work experiences you've had. You were a legal intern at the department of financial services, a student intern at the New York state AG, you were a legal intern at the federal home loan bank. And I talk, I ask about all these things as, can you kind of describe a sort of experience you had that was positive, a sort of internship experience, and maybe an experience you had that was negative, kind of letting you know that maybe this isn't for me and another experience where, you know, maybe this, this is for me. Yeah. So I did, I know going into law school, I already knew the type of law or at least the umbrella of law that I was interested in which was mostly corporate transactional that's like the big umbrella and I wanted to do something within financial services banking and it's very broad because there's so many different things that you could do um, within those two banking financial services 
But because I knew that I was very intentional with all the internships that I applied to. And I was very fortunate to get every time I applied to something, I would get interviews right away. And for the most part, they will offer they will give me an offer because of my work experience at the bank. So the internships, mostly what you see is all, it all revolves around the financial services banking industry. Um, so I was very fortunate to be within that field because that reinforced exactly what I wanted to do after law school as an attorney. Uh, so working for the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York, it gave me the experience of working in-house for a bank. So working in-house for a bank, I worked with the chief legal officer, uh, I got to see how a very small legal department works with other business units. So I got to experience that. Then I got to experience working also, well, before that, I got to experience working for the Department of Financial Services, which is a government job. So which is very different than working for a private company. Um, working for the government is more relaxed. So people, they go in at nine o'clock, they leave at 4 p.m., very relaxed. And within that department, I want to say it's 80% of them are attorneys. The other 20% are other type, like in, in the business units, but not barred attorneys. So that gave me the experience of working along with many different attorneys um, that focus on litigation because they have a litigation department and also the corporate department. And it also gave me a view of how it is to work in government. Um, so, and then I also working for the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York, because it's working for a company, it gave me the view of working with a very small department of attorneys, which is only like five attorneys. And the company had about 500 employees. So the positive I want to say is that I got to experience um, different views of working in-house for a company, working for the government, and also just to see where I fit in and what I would want to see. And also the positive experience, I would say the mentorship. So I got to meet a lot of great people who till this day I can call and they will answer my calls and guide me and, and give me great advice. And even if, let's say, I decide to leave my current firm and look for a job, they would openly give me advice or even probably if they have an opening consider me so that's nice in terms of um the not so positive experience any negative experience I mean that's a hard one um I mean I've worked with some attorneys that are not patient <laughs> and being an intern obviously you know in, in law school you don't know a lot of nothing it's like you don't know much because <laughs> you're in law school and you're really learning how to think how to write how to think as an attorney you're not really learning the core black letter law some classes you do learn um the black letter law but for the most part not really so that was very challenging just managing different personalities um because attorneys tends to be very type a i don't think i'm type a i think i'm a combo type a and type b but I work with a lot of very type A personalities and managing, navigating that, it's very challenging, but it's good because you get to learn how to navigate those different personalities for when you are ready to go out to the real world. Yeah, they, there was two very important things that, that I just sort of scribbled down here. I, I like I like the fact of getting used to the type of personalities that people have, obviously. Uh, surprisingly, 
the legal field is very a person oriented kind of field. So, you know, you're constantly working with people, especially I'm, I'm, if you're a trial attorney, like, you know, you have clients and stuff and, you know, those people can be in the way. They're like, call. do you get like late night calls from like people freaking out sometimes? No, in my field, I don't, if anything, for my boss. <laughs> when, <laughs> if he's freak, freaking out about a deal, because we, we deal with um, corporate transactional deals and a lot of the deals and, and our clients are bank. And, and the good mm. thing about my industry is that banks are only open from a certain amount of time, nine <laughs> to five or nine to six. After six, they go home. And that's it. They shut off. Um, but obviously, as a, because we are representing them in different transactions, we we do. I do work sometimes past six o'clock if I have to review documents or review due diligence. I get to do that from home or I can stay in my office and review that stuff. But we don't really get those calls from our client because they're already home <laughs> unless if they need to call us because they have a question is very rare. So uh, the second thing was mentorship can you describe how so very important mentorship is yeah yeah it's very important i it's really crucial for your personal development for your professional growth i've had amazing mentors throughout i feel like from every single internship or job i i can say i have at least one mentor and and one thing that i do want to discuss is that make sure when you look for mentors they don't have to look like you um and and they tend to be amazing mentors that don't look like you do not speak like you do not have the same cultural background um that's very important to have different mentors like having different female mentors male mentors um because you get different different perspectives also mentors in different industries so not all of my mentors are attorneys i have mentors that are in different industry and that's also very important to have and it's very important to have mentors because you want to have someone that you can call and get some advice if it's quick advice something that is very urgent have the ability to confide in them is 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 important to have and they don't have to work with you also um, it's great to have mentors that are not actually in the same building facility because you get to have perspectives from the outside as well. But mentorship is very important. But I think another very important one that people don't really talk about is sponsorship, um, having a sponsor. And the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is sponsors are not, not the ones that are sitting with you every month or every other week to get, help you with a game plan um, as to how to advance your career. No, the sponsors are people that are usually in very higher up positions in companies and are going to be the people who are fighting for you to get you to the next level in your career. So most of your sponsors will typically be within the company that you work for. Um, and let's say if you're up for a promotion, the sponsors will be the one to be in a room where you're not in that room, in a room with all the decision makers and the sponsor would be the one to say, Jessica's ready for that promotion. I know she is. And I and I will tell give you some reason why she's ready for the promotion. So it's important to have sponsors and have that in mind. That's that's amazing because I no idea what that was. Um, sponsorship. This is a new word for me. 
Um, yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I mean, how do you sort of, um, how do you sort of navigate kind of when you get into it, or at least from your personal experience, how did you navigate the sort of sponsorship process or, or how yeah. that in your specific uh, place of work yeah. now? Yeah. So in my current place of work, so for example, my boss, my boss, my direct, um, the person that I work with the most, he's my sponsor. I don't consider him as a mentor only because um, I don't go to him for like professional advice or which I can, but we don't have that report where I go to him for that. However, I know for sure that because of the work that I do for him and because he trusts me and my work, I know for sure that he will get in, go inside a room and say, Jessica is ready for this promotion. I know this because I work with her. I She's responsible, reliable. She's a great attorney, et cetera. So I know he is a sponsor for sure. And you don't find sponsors by asking them, oh, hey, can you be my sponsor? No, that, that's not how it works. It's really, um, your, it's by actions, your actions. Um, how anytime you have an opportunity to work with someone who's very high up, take that, uh, that opportunity as you have to knock it out the park, do an excellent job for them. Because once they see your work product, they're able to advocate for you on your behalf because they know what type of work product you're able to produce. So they tend to be, like I said, people that are very, in very high positions and people that you had an opportunity to work for to do maybe a one assignment a quick assignment for them and based on that assignment people will judge you so anytime you work with someone you do work for someone who is in a very high position and it could be the simple just a one page of work you have to make sure is excellent work product that you're giving them because they will judge you based on that just one page work product yeah it's cliche but you know, it, seemingly from your experience, actions always do speak louder than words. Um, I I think it's 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 important from what you just said that you're always constantly giving value for to the people that you work with, because um, it's always going to be reciprocated back to you in in terms of a promotion or, or getting a higher position. And I I think it's great to hear that because I've never heard. I, I didn't even know sponsorship was a thing. Uh, yeah. This is my first time coming across it. Uh, I think yeah. The eighth episode. You're the first person to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but sort of switching gears again, going back to law school a little bit. Um, you were the national chair of the National Latina Law Student Association. And I'm a couple of years late on this, but congratulations on the Miss JD Fellowship Award. Um, can you describe what I don't know what that is. I'm very interested in what that is. Uh, can you yeah. describe it and sort of also describe the sort of involvement you had on uh, at St. John's Law School? Yeah, so starting with the Miss JD Fellowship is a very popular fellowship that once you are in law school, you will hear about it. Um, but it's you go through an application process where you submit a resume, you submit, a le I think, one or two letters of recommendation, um, an essay. And based on your grades and based on your extracurricular activities, they evaluate you. And if they see that you're 
best fit for the Miss JD title, um, then you're invited to become a Miss JD. And I believe they only pick 20 Miss JD from the whole country. So um, that's how the process works. And what is Miss JD? Miss JD is a fellowship program for women in the law. Uh, so what they try to do, they try to um, advocate for women in the law because since I, I believe in law school, you see a lot of women, but you don't see a lot of women in, in positions of like corporate law attorneys or in just higher positions. So they try to mentor them and advocate for them. And they provide a lot of training, um, So which is great. They also provide a lot of training as to how to be a rainmaker because you don't really find a lot of female that are considered to be rainmakers per se. So they do give you a lot of training when it comes to that. As a Miss JD, uh, what we do is we are involved with writing articles, and it could be any article from how it is to be a law student, um, any articles from a specific area of law. So you get to publish an article. And being a published attorney in the law world is very important. Also, it, it, it's something that you can add to your resume and looks really great. We also get to attend a conference, which is a Miss JD conference, where they invite many attorneys throughout the country. And you get to network and you get to meet a lot of great people. So it's just um, a great resume builder and it also helps you professionally. Um, so that's for Miss JDs. Now for the National um, Latino Law Student Association. Uh, once you go to law school, you're going to see that there are many different affinity groups. And one of them is the Latino affinity group in law school. So every law school, I want to say most of the law school has a Latino affinity group. So the national organization is the the big umbrella and the little, the different law school affinity groups fall within that big umbrella. So what we do, we host a national conference every year and a, a mock trial competition. So we do it throughout the country. So the year that I became president, we hosted it in New York. I got lucky because we hosted it in New York. But you have presidents from different parts of the country. So you have from California, from Texas, and 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 the conference can happen to be just anywhere. It was just my year happens to be where my law school is located. And you have students that comes from all over the um, from all over the, the country and they come in, they have, diff we, ha we host different workshops for the law students and also for attorneys, we provide different CLEs and then we have um, the mock trial competition. Yeah, the ve very interesting stuff right there. I, I, I think it's great to get the Miss JD fellowship out there for any of the female listeners, because it seems like a very, very good opportunity with right. great with great networking opportunities as well. Um, well, let's talk about that then. Can you kind of talk about the importance of networking, especially in the legal field? Yeah. I mean, networking is really, it's, I want to say it's everything. <laughs> um, like, for example, I my current position here at Woodlands, I got this job because I went to an event I was when I was a law clerk. So right after law school, I decided to do a clerkship. I worked as a law clerk for a judge, which is very popular. It's very common for um, a lot of law students to do right after their law years, law school years. Uh, so when, while I was a law clerk, I attended many different networking events. 
And it so happened that one event I attended here at my law firm, and I met one of the attorneys who I currently work, I work with him now. I met him and we were just talking about my future plans. And I um, discussed with him my previous experience working for a bank and my interest in working as a banking attorney. So he's like, well, you know, I'm a banking attorney and we actually have an opening. So why don't you just send me your resume and I'll submit it to my department and we'll see if we get you an interview. So that happened, let's say, on a Thursday. On a Friday, I submitted my resume. And then on Monday, I got a call for an interview. So that just shows you the power of networking. <laughs> so it's very important. Um, it's really, as a law student, your first year, you want to focus on your grades. So I always say to law students, Forget about all of that your first year. Honestly, you're going to have time to do network a lot of networking your second and third year. But your first year, you want to stay tunnel vision focused on your classes, on your grades, making sure you do everything in your power to do really great in law school your first year. Then second year comes around. That's when you get to pick your classes. You get to create your own schedule and you get to uh, join all these different affinity groups. You get to attend conferences, different programs, and you're able to network. So, yeah. So the focus for your second and third year should be networking. Still your grades, because grades are still very important in law school. But you you don't want to go to law school. Just focus on school and grades. You want to make sure you network within your law school. So the different affinity groups and outside of your law school. So the different bar associations. Yeah, I in uh, a quote that I've heard before is, uh, and I've probably said it before, is your your network is your net worth. I I've heard that one. I was like, wow, that's true. that is true. But yeah. in, in my sort of very short networking experience that I've had in my life, um, the one most kind of it didn't blow my mind, but everyone is extremely open to you know just talking to you and you know, be able to give the sort of knowledge and experiences they have as well as helping you. I think that's, that was yeah. kind of the thing for me to get over. Cause you know, when, when you meet people that, you know, are older, more experienced, yeah. you, you kind of get a little anxious, a little like, ah, I don't, yeah. you know, but yeah. everyone is extremely willing to speak to you and, and yeah. want to speak to you actually. I mean, for, for one thing, who doesn't want to talk about themselves? Um, <laughs> So it's it's kind of like it, it it was important for me to kind of figure that out, and then from there, you know, I I I talk maybe I talk too much sometimes, um, but I, I <laughs> no, really definitely nerve wracking, especially when you're a law student, and you don't want to come off that as I'm talking to you because I want something from you. Like you know, it's it's very hard to find that that line of how to network and really build relationships with the person you're speaking to, but now overimpose and ask the wrong questions is practice. I, I must say practice. You attend as many networking events and that's how you're going to feel more comfortable. I I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I, uh, I always, I always make it analogous to the gym. I love, I like going to the gym, but like, you know, you got to get your reps in, in order to like do better and improve and move up and weight. Yeah. And it's the same sort of concept with really anything. Um, yeah creating that habit of talking to people all the time, especially yeah. lawyers, because there's kind of like a, a sort of like a, a vibe, a sort of, you know, sort of cadence to it that yeah. you, you got to match up with that, 
I haven't mastered it at all. I'm still building that sort of habit. But uh, I, I always, I always find it interesting looking back at myself when I started, you know, networking with people. To now, it's totally different. Yeah. Um, but I think what what was most important is trying to keep it genuine and trying to yeah. not trend sort of like you said, like overbearing on the sort of I need a job. Yeah, uh, yeah that's transaction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Keep that was the word I was looking for. Keep yeah. it, keep it less transactional. Yeah. Um, but so now moving into the current right now. First of all, I want to say congratulations. You were named in twenty twenty four best lawyer or twenty twenty three best lawyers in America list. Congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank big. Yeah. How do you was that like? Is that like a magazine? I have to ask. Yeah, it's it's like a magazine um, that you're added to. So it, the mag, the name of the magazine is called Best Lawyers in America. So they have different sections. So for the senior attorneys, um, they will be named Best Lawyers. But I was named under ones to watch because I don't have, I think you need to have more than 10 years. You need to be an attorney for over 10 years to be considered as a Best Lawyer. So I'm like ones to watch under that list because I have under 10 years of experience. Um, so yeah, it's like a magazine and it's actually very popular. And the cool thing, which I just learned is like people actually from around the, the world, actually, they look at that magazine because let's say if an attorney, let's say an, an attorney in Latin America is doing a transaction in, in New Jersey, they have a client who's looking to buy a building in New Jersey or to do any whatever the case is they need you need to they need to find a barred attorney in new jersey which is local counsel that's what they will call it to assist them in that transaction so they the attorneys from other countries and other states will look at this list of lawyers and to see okay they were named as best lawyers so let's see who can we select that can help us with the transactions? So that's how, how it usually works. And that happened um, a few months ago where they reached out to me because I was part of the list. And they're like, oh, we need an attorney, a local counsel in New Jersey. Your name came up and you're under the ones to watch and we would like to work with you, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big appreciator of of small intricacies. And that definitely is one of them. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome, honestly, hearing that. Yeah. And yeah. as well for the 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 magazine, the best lawyers in America, they kind of created a they 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 create a little database there with with all those names. They're yeah, like, I might have to check it out honestly myself. Um, yeah, because it 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 gives me some names to to maybe even bring on the podcast one day. Um, Absolutely. But talking about your current position, associate attorney at I think I said the first name wrong. Had it Willens. Willens. Willens, okay. I, I mean, some people pronounce it like that, Willens, but you know, I think for the most attorneys here, we just say Willens. Oh yeah, I, I just didn't want to butcher it. Willens, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goldman, and Spitzer. Um, yeah. So, can you just kind of describe what do you do there? Do you yeah, love so, it? How is it? Yeah, so I am an associate in the banking and financial services group. So we handle all um, lending transactions for financial institutions. So I want to say 90% of my practice, I represent financial institutions. So banks, so like, like the chase of the world, Bank of America, local banks in New Jersey. 
And then I want to say the ten, the other ten percent, we do handle some corporate clients, so like nursing homes or supermarkets that are looking to borrow money from banks. Um, so we handle those type of transactions within this department. And like I said, it's mostly transactional, so I never go to court, um, which is nice because huh. I'm not interested in going to court. I'm I'm not interested in becoming a litigator. Um, but as a banking and a finance lawyer, um, we deal with the lending and the borrowing of money and the management of financial liabilities. So our task is really to structure um, deals for our clients. So anytime, let's say a bank wants to, for example, if a bank wants to lend $20 million to Amazon, the bank needs financial uh, legal representation. So they will call us to draft the loan documents um, for to reflect this deal and also to review all the paperwork due diligence on their behalf and also to negotiate the terms with, in my example, Amazon, who is the corporate client who's looking to borrow the money. So what I what I ask here is what has been your favorite experience from um, working there? So, um, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot to answer that. So yes, I do enjoy working here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a mid-sized law firm. So it's, it, we have about a hundred attorneys. So it's not like a monstrous law firm. Um, my group, my specific group of banking, the banking group, it's, I want to say seven of us, seven attorneys. Um, so what I love so far, my experience here has been great because we have different departments. My department is a banking. We also have a healthcare department. We have the family law department, trust and estate department. So just working with different attorneys that um, do different things has been pretty cool because you get to learn and piggyback from other attorneys. Also, let's say if I have my client who I'm representing, has other um, legal needs. Let's say if they have a personal issue and they're trying to, they need to see an attorney for some trust and estates issue, I can refer them over to my colleagues. So that has been pretty cool. And um, my favorite experience, I want to say, has been um, working with other associates. Um, so we have, I think it's about 25 of us. So let me take that back. Not working with them, interacting with them, because I don't really get to work with other associates, but we interact. We do a lot of happy hour. Um, we had a Christmas gathering for the associates and the firm gave us really cool swag gifts. So, yeah, that has been pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm a parent. Other associates are also parents. We get to learn from each other, piggyback. So that has been my favorite experience here. I'm I'm glad to hear the, the, the community at the law firm is very well. The only sort of office experience well, I did I did work at um my district attorney's office this past summer. Okay. And I worked in a very small department, which I love. Yeah. I love yeah. I, I hope that in the future uh well I hope in the future though, first I work at a larger one. See how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. But I really do. I love the small departments. I think it's yeah. so it's very communal. Um yeah. you, know, you can easily interact with people, easily ask people questions. Um there was a ton of people. I think there was only three attorneys in the department that I worked in. So okay. I had a ton of face-to-face -face time, a ton of just like picking their brain, kind of just asking questions about the law. And I, I learned a lot as well. 
Um, I learned IRAC, which was, You're going which to need was, that for law school. Oh, they told me about <laughs> a thousand times I'm going to need yeah, this. It's like, yeah, I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm writing it down. Don't worry. Um, that's nice. but I, the, the, other than that, though, the only other experience is me watching The Office. So I hope it, I hope it's somewhat like that because I, I find that fun. Um, but Well, not so much like the office, because I know they get, I don't know, too many lawsuits <laughs> to name that goes on in the office. But, not <laughs> not but exactly yeah. but the broad idea everyone everyone Yes, you know exactly. everyone's happy not i mean Yeah. i wouldn't say it's it's a good time but it's it's Yeah. a worthwhile one um Yeah. It depends on the department you work with, quite frankly, because there could be some departments where uh, maybe all the attorneys are very uptight and there's no room to breathe <laughs> but then you have other departments that are more relaxed so um different law firms also brings different culture the, it all starts at the top depending who's running the firm it trickles down so that also has a lot to do with it i mean the good thing about working for a mid-sized law firm is that you get to meet everyone that works here you get to know not know them by name, but at least get to know who they are and get to meet them. Bigger law firms that has like a thousand plus attorney, like you will, you may never meet, I want to say probably like 50% of the attorneys that work there. So. Yeah, I think I think that and I have to ask before prior to joining your law firm right now, were there any like indications of the sort of culture that you were getting into, like during the interview, prior to the interview, that sort of thing? Yeah, during the interview, so I interview with, um, I want to say half of the room were female, the other half male, which was very important for me. So going into a firm where they have um, female in leadership is very important. So that was a nice indication of their culture. Um, also, um, in terms of the age gap, so there were a combination of younger attorney versus older attorney. That's also very important, knowing that they have a good combo of both. So that was that was nice as well. Yeah, the, That was during the interview. And then um, after the interview, just by I, I reached out to a couple of associates that worked at the firm just to get a sense of the culture. So that's important. Always speak to someone who works at the firm that you're applying to just to get an idea of how it is working there. yeah the the employee experiences are usually most important because you're really getting that that ground level view of Yeah. what sort of goes on on, on a day-to-day -day sort of basis. Right. Once more, I switching, ge switching gears real hard here, but you're always working. You have two wonderful children. You have a husband. So when you're not working, you're not improving your skills, what does an ideal Sunday night or, 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 or Sunday morning and a Friday night look like for you? So, okay, so an ideal Friday night, I want to say definitely date night with my husband, going out to a really nice restaurant or doing something fun or going to a lounge or meeting up with friends for drinks and dancing. I love to dance. Oh, yeah, definitely dancing. I'm Dominican. I love to dance. Merengue bachata. <clears throat> you named it. Um, I also like rap music, like going to a lounge and just listening to music, dancing, chill. Perfect Friday.
Um, Sunday morning, I want to say waking up early, going out for a run. I run, I run, I ran a marathon. I ran the marathon, the New York City Marathon in 2018. So I actually picked up running because of law school. <laughs> law school was so stressful that I said I needed something where I can get like my own personal wins. And I started running miles. Like I was never big. I, I played soccer and I ran track in high school, but I was never a long distance runner. But once I started running, like I would run one mile, then challenge myself to run two and then three. And when I would reach like a new milestone of five miles, that felt really good. <clears throat> and I felt like I was getting those little personal wins was so important for my mental health. And it just got to the point where I was running like eight miles, 10 miles. And I decided, well, let me run a marathon. And I did it. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, waking up Sunday morning, going out for a nice jog around there's a park across the street from my house, a three mile run or doing orange theory. So I, I'm very mm. much into working out and then coming home, hanging out with my kids um, or like going out with them, going to the city, New York City, just to walk around for ice cream or take a trip and travel. I love to travel the world. So I'm excited. I just got back from Puerto Rico next month. I'm traveling i'm doing a girl's trip with my girlfriends we're going to costa rica wow. so i'm excited about that and then in february i'm going to san francisco with my kids and my husband so i love to travel i yeah i, I need to adopt that attitude i haven't i haven't got to travel at all in my life i went the most exciting place i I went to alaska that was really cool actually oh that's pretty cool that's cool um, yeah but other than that, like my my biggest vacation is like Cape May in New Jersey, like wild. <laughs> so <laughs> I, cool. I I need to get out there. The big the big destination for me. I'm trying to get to England so bad. Oh yeah. I gotta yeah. I gotta go see a soccer game. So oh, yeah. So bad. Like it's the one thing I need in my life. I'm. That would be that. That's pretty dope. Yeah. If you can do it now, do it now <laughs> before law school. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that's you could do it. Or when you become a law student and then, you know, you have your summer break with friends, you know, that works. Sometime, in, it just needs to be sometime in the future for me. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then going back, you listen to rap music. Who's your favorite artist right now? <sighs> or maybe you could do That's like top three. I mean, I'm a big Nicki Minaj fan. Like I'm very like woman power. I love woman rap. I mean, not all of it because there's a lot of craziness going on nowadays. <laughs> I mean, I I still I'm still big on Nicki Minaj. Um, I loved Lauren Hill. Um, but yeah, I think right now my favorite because she just came out with an album, Pink yeah. Friday too. I want to say Nicki Minaj, and um, who else? I don't know. I feel like I like Little Baby. I like <laughs> some of his stuff. Yeah, and I I do I like Travis Scott a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, Travis Scott, one of my favorites. I love Nicki Minaj though. I know every word to Super Bass. It's very oh nice. <laughs> I take I take I take that to the grave as well. It's a, it's a it's a wonderful thing that I do. I love I really do love Nicki Minaj. She's very yeah yeah yeah. She's very talented. So finally, last question: What are your words of wisdom for those people? who are aspiring law students, who are current law students, even current attorneys, what are your words yeah. for them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I have so much to say. 
I coming from someone who made a career switch from working at the bank, the branch level to becoming an attorney, definitely don't give up on your dreams. If it's something that you dreamt of doing and you have you envision it, I really think there's power in what you say and in, in your mind. So if there's something that you want to go after, you have to game plan it, put it on paper and execute because it's possible. There were times when I was working at the bank, um, I thought to myself, oh, you know, this may never happen, right? But then I would kind of snap out of it. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to law school. Like I, I snapped out of that and I would tell everyone I'm going to law school. I just put it out there. I'm going to law school. I'm, I'm, I am applying, I'm studying for the LSAT and it happened. And I always, the mind is so powerful because I always said to myself, I'm going to law school. I'm going to be a corporate transactional attorney. I will be in rooms, um, helping corporations deal with certain transactions, doing multi-million dollar deals. And this, and that's exactly what I do right now. So don't give up on your dreams. Definitely push through. Uh, that's one. Number two is take care of yourself because your health is very important. No matter what you want to do in life, if you're not healthy, then, then what is the point? So take time to take care of your mental health and your physical health from if you're not a runner, go out for walks, Peloton, the gym, or whatever you need to do to get physically right and also to get mentally right. Therapy, I'm big on therapy. If you feel like you need um, to speak to someone, if not a therapist, maybe a close friend, but always have that open communication about what you're feeling, what are your thought process, just to help you navigate through the world because a lot is going on in the world and it's hard for us it's easy for us to get caught up in, in the small things and, and not take care of our, ment our mental health. And my third thing, more geared towards um, current attorneys, um, I want to say is work is very important. Um, I get it. But don't make it your priority. Um, you have to focus on your personal life as well. My professional life, I cherish, and I'm so proud of where I am professionally, and I am a go-hard, I work hard, um, but in the end, work stays in the office, and when I go home, I want to spend time with my daughters, with my husband. I put in for the vacation time. If I, if I need a vacation with my family, I'm not afraid to ask for that and just go away with my family because... For me, my family is number one, because in the end, when I leave this world is my family who's going to suffer the most, if anything. So I want to make sure they're OK and I want to make sure I spend every single time I can with my family. Well, Jessica, I couldn't agree more. And that's the pot. Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And for everyone out there listening. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you in the next one.